You're listening to Air IQ, a field controls podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Air IQ, brought to you by Field Controls. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Air IQ. Make sure you're heading to fieldcontrols.com for previous and upcoming episodes of the show, as well as for more information about field controls and our product offerings and how we fit into improving indoor environments and the entire industry. Uh, make sure you're also subscribing to Air IQ on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There you'll get uh, more focused updates on uh, new episodes to the show. And uh, you can also browse and listen to some of our previous conversations on AirIQ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll go ahead and jump into our conversation for the day. So as COVID-19 continues to spread, many of our basic daily protections are now getting a second look, a more focused look, um, not only from just consumers in general, uh, end users, but also from uh, B2B buyers. And sanitizing frequently and um, using uh, items in public spaces like bathrooms or door handles, etc. I mean, this is all pushing for, I think, a, just a more focused approach to how we interact with our world. Uh, for commercial building operators, this is manifesting in a very specific way. When we return post-pandemic, these public safety measures of social distancing and making sure these public spaces are safe and continue to be safe and don't uh, create a new spike for COVID-19 are going to be front of mind and might continue to become a standard as public perception of social interaction evolves. And one of the most straightforward pieces of that health and safety puzzle is air quality management, especially during COVID-19. So how is air filtration supporting the fight against COVID-19 and what technology specifically is most effective moving forward for keeping air quality top notch? For Perspectives, we're sitting down with Tim Barton. He's the Director of Air Treatment and Product Management for Field Controls. Tim, welcome. How are you doing? Doing well uh, and staying safe. Thank you. Good, good. Yeah, I was about to ask, you know, how's your situation? How are you holding up during this pandemic? Um, I'm uh, very, very happy that uh, all is well and uh, uh, working hard and uh, focusing on uh, improving technologies that uh, can help everyone through uh, uh, these trying times at this point. Good, good. Yeah, I guess that's, you know, that, that that's all you can do. Stay focused and stay grounded. Stay safe. Uh, so you are Director of Air Treatment and Product Management for Field Controls. How long have you been in the industry, and would you consider yourself a an air treatment guru at this point? Well, that that's uh, sort of high uh, high bar, high title, <laughs> guru. Uh, uh, I've been in uh, uh, air treatment and uh, uh, indoor air quality uh, environment type products uh, for 39 uh, years now. And uh, so I bring that experience with me, um, the history, uh, watching how the industry has changed and applying the uh, fundamental uh, technologies that are out there and the laws of physics and so forth uh, to, to products. And that's what I do uh, mainly at field controls and, and guide uh, product improvements and applications that can help people in their homes. I'm sure during this pandemic, you've had a lot of concern conversations uh, with clients and with uh, 
you know, B2B partners within the space who are operating essential businesses, I'm sure they've, they've expressed concern about their air filtration systems. Have you heard any sort of focused concerns from any of your clients or, or partners in the space? And if so, uh, which industries are you seeing dealing with the largest air filtration challenges during this pandemic? Well, we're, we're getting a lot of uh, uh, input and questions from uh, uh, heating and air conditioning contractors uh, in the marketplace, as well as uh, many of our uh, distribution customers uh, looking for a product that can um, assist in making a home uh, safer, if you will, uh, uh, maybe a seal of uh, better air uh, that could well, give peace of mind that technologies are affecting uh, poor air, impurities that are in the air. And COVID-19 is, is one of those things. One of the challenges, however, is that we, meaning the nation, the world, does not know what it actually takes exactly, precisely to actually kill the COVID-19 virus. Uh, that being said, we have technologies that kill other viruses uh, that is known, and many of that information currently can be extrapolated and antidotal results can be evaluated to help people uh, bring on new technologies into their home and not only purify their air, uh, but remove the impurities uh, so that the air is healthier. Has uh, treating air filtration as a method to uh, curb the spread of a virus or uh, illness in general been a, a front of mind perspective or approach for clients of yours or for um, just building managers in general, if you can generalize a perspective like that? Uh, or is this, in your opinion, maybe the first time that many building uh, managers and operators are having to you know, critically think about how their air filtration systems uh, play into this health dynamic? Well, I want to back up a little bit. And, and uh, as I listen to your question, there are three forms or areas of purifying and filtering the air. And, and you know, I use two terms there, uh, filtering and purifying. Right. Uh, one, of the, one of the key components of your question was filtration. Right. And um, when we look at how we approach clean air or treating the air or the indoor environment, if you will, and that's what we do with field controls is we improve indoor environments, is that Number one, uh, according to um, not only the EPA, but also ASHRAE, which is the American Society of Heating and Air Conditioning Engineers, uh, states, paraphrased, that there are three methods of cleaning the air, treating the air, and making it safe. And that's number one, ventilation. Number two, filtration, which was in your question, and then number three, um, air purification. And one of the focuses that, and we play in all three spaces, and it, it's a, a marketing term we use 
called fresh, clean, and pure. Fresh being ventilation, and we have that component. Uh, clean being the filtration component. And really where our focus today uh, is, is in the air purification technology. Uh, ultraviolet, UVC germicidal uh, purification uh, technologies. Now that being said, going back to the COVID-19, uh, filtration does play a role. Uh, the efficiency of filtration, uh, MERV-13 to HEPA-type filtration, uh, mainly because what they found scientifically, and this is what we know, is that the, well, I'm not going to say the term properly, but the uh, the vapor or the spray or the uh, from from someone's mouth, the the uh, the droplets uh, of COVID uh, range anywhere in the one to five micron size. That being said, filtration, uh, MERV 13 is very very efficient uh, with capturing uh, those. So filtration does play a role. But where the real technology comes is the power in the ultraviolet light. Uh, the power in what we call ultraviolet germicidal radiation and applying that into the home so that that virus, that organism, as it passes through a, a, a treatment zone of the intensity of this light is bathed and then is, it's, it is started or is packed, if you will, to break that down and slow its reproductive capabilities and hence make this, the home safer um, for the general public. Hmm. Well, you kind of got ahead of me, actually, because yeah. I was going to uh, further ask you if you could give us a technical rundown of, of the best technology that's actually working to prevent and, and the, the spread and treat the air. So uh, if you don't mind, let's actually continue down this path. Um, could you break down what sorts of filtration technology, including what you were just mentioning, have been recommended for keeping the cleanest air possible, the best filtrated and purified air possible during this airborne pandemic. Uh, I know some of the highlights include UVGI and ProCell technology. Um, I, I know field controls you know, really leads on getting this technology to market as well. So give us a technical rundown of that technology and we'll go from there. Well, certainly I, I mentioned filtration. Uh, I mentioned particulate size, and I really focus anywhere at the very least MERV 11. MERV is uh, a measurement of the uh, efficiency of that filter based on a single pass. And it's a very good high efficiency filter. MERV 13, as you can see, as the number gets bigger, uh, the more uh, effective it is for capturing the size of a particle. And MERV 11, MERV 13 are very, very efficient filters out there for the home. And anywhere from a three inch to a five inch filter is what uh, I recommend uh, as being very effective. And uh, we see a lot of that in the marketplace today. However, as, as we move here, we, we move to uh, ultraviolet germicidal radiation and uh, UVC ultraviolet C spectrum of wavelength of UV light. You see, UV light is measured in wavelengths of light. And uh, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but 
it's difficult to stay out of it, <laughs> but uh, try to keep it as simple as possible is UV light is simply a spectrum of A and B. A and B, uh, you'll find uh, those wavelengths of light. Probably the easiest places would be in tanning beds, tanning salons. Um, and in fact, you do. Those type of uh, lights are used to tan. Also, B will create the burn. And uh, we're really not too concerned with that wavelength. The wavelength that we are looking for is what they call C. And C is a germicidal wavelength. And that's where we can be very, very effective, not only on bacteria, but also viruses. And uh, it has been proven that the energy that we have and tested many, many test lab results that uh, UV ultraviolet C energy is very effective uh, with uh, viruses and coronaviruses, but we just don't have the actual data of how much dosage of ultraviolet wavelength light is required to affect and slow the COVID-19 specifically. Uh, that'll be coming. Uh, we have mathematical estimates, uh, so we know antidotally that we can be helpful in that, but we can't say with an absolute, this is the pinpoint dosage required. We know a range, we can say likely, but we can't say without a doubt. But that being said, uh, I'm very comfortable. Uh, I use all this technology in my home and uh, well, I'm healthy. I, I feel good. I, I pray I continue to do so. Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of settling in, in that area. Sure. Now, now there's another technology that we have that it's called ProCell technology. And ProCell technology is a photoreactive oxidation process, like a big mouthful there. But what happens is that the UVC light energy that's germicidal that we use that, that attacks the germs, that it's a potent germ neutralizer, if you will. Um, it also looks at the uh, procell where we bond bond the uh, titanium dioxide nanoparticle to an aluminum honeycomb substrate. And, and I, I hope I said that slow enough so that I could create a picture for everyone. And what happens is that UVC germicidal energy, light energy, excites this molecule that's bonded, it's secured to this aluminum honeycomb substrate. And what it does is it then breaks down, it, it attacks not only the biologicals as what, like the, uh, in a different form as, as the UVC energy, but it also breaks down toxic chemicals in the air, term called volatile organic compounds or terms thrown out there called VOCs. And it really just reduces it to safe molecules so that we have fresh and clean air to breathe. That's pretty much in a, in a nutshell. And it's really does it in a very rapid performance rate. Uh, in two hours, we can reach a, a level 
93% uh, effectiveness from germ reduction, uh, virus reduction, and in two hours, 80% reduction of the toxic chemicals that would be present in the air as well. So it moves, ra it actually performs rather rapidly. Perfect. Thanks for breaking that down. Now to transition over to how this technology uh, is being utilized during this time, have you seen any short-term barriers to implementing UVGI or ProCell technology um, on-site, basically, uh, for any customers or building managers and operators looking to implement this technology to better serve their essential business if it's remaining open or to prepare for once their business does reopen to, you know, at least create a better sense of safety for their end users. Have there been any short-term barriers in getting that technology installed or serviced, whether that's the logistics of actually getting it installed or maybe any financial or just general perception barriers around getting it in? What are your thoughts? Well, my, my thoughts and uh, listening to your, your question is, Many of our products are really focused, and this technology is really focused on the residential uh, side of the marketplace. Now, that doesn't mean our products don't have a place, let's say, in light commercial applications. In fact, we have a product that is designed specifically for light commercial and commercial buildings. So some of this technology can be applied. Now, why isn't it more widespread? It's really people ready on a commercial basis previous to COVID-19 to make the investment, to see the need, to look at, does it make sense? What is my payback for having cleaner air, fresher air, uh, let's say in a hair salon? Uh, certainly there's a benefit if your customers don't come in and you're not removing those toxins. Uh, definitely that can be seen, but are they willing to make that investment for their future and, and making that environment? You know, people are open, open to coming to that place of business. But my focus is mainly in the residential home for the homeowner, for the families, the children out there. And we play well with our technologies uh, in securing a very safe environment indoors. Uh, again, that doesn't mean we don't we we can't help people that come to us from a commercial app application because we do have a product that can assist them in that area. Uh, but are they willing to spend the money today, even still today? Uh, do they have the resources uh, to make those improvements? Now we're positioned in a very great way residentially. Uh, homeowners, uh, families can bring our technologies in their home, and uh, it's very, very affordable. Mm. Now, what is the education like around uh, informing end users uh, about both the benefits of this technology and also that it even exists in the first place? Have you found it difficult to to spread the word? How do you communicate that to your end users in a way that you've found is most effective? And, you know, I guess for more scaled integration, so let's say you're dealing with an entire 
apartment complex, let's say, right? Often you're probably not going to be selling to individuals there. You're going to be selling to uh, the owner-operator of said complex. You know, what is the process like for educating and getting them on board when it's a, a broader installation of UVGI and ProCell Tech versus interfacing with a singular end user? Yeah, I mean, how how we how we go to market and how do we inform people? Well, one, the traditional two-step channel that we have uh, through education, education through multiplication. What I mean by that is we depend on uh, dis- distributors across the country and the contractor network to embrace our product. Uh, also, uh, we reach them through people, people on the street, teleconferences and so forth. And most importantly, training, 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 training. So we train them, we multiply uh, our footprint in the marketplace nationally. Uh, and then certainly the um, the marketing side through, um, let's just say geomapping, drip campaigns that target not only the contractor, the distribution channel, but also the homeowner. Uh, social media uh, is, a, is a key play for us as well. And so we find that uh, our messaging is reaching people and people are asking more questions and coming to us uh, and we're finding it more and more successful today. So I know we broke down your uh, experience in the field at the beginning of the podcast, but just for more context, you were involved in developing ProCell Tech for induct applications back in 05. So I want to track how the technology has evolved as well. Um, how has you know advancement in air filtration and air purification uh, set up the industry to better support its end users today, especially during this pandemic? And if you could, could you track some of the evolutions of the technology and uh, how they're supporting today's predicament? Well, when you talk about filtration, filtration uh, and measurement and evaluation of efficiencies have changed a little bit over time. At one point uh, in history, uh, filtration has been weighted and and uh, and I actually mean weighted, where they used to measure the weight of what is being captured to determine the percent efficiency. But what we found over time is by doing that, that really misses the boat. It 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 truly didn't does not give the whole story, because if I had larger particles being captured by a filter, that doesn't necessarily mean it's very very efficient, because the smaller particulate is getting passed through. Hence, we would rate something at a very high efficiency uh, filtration, when in reality it's not. Today, it has evolved uh, into a scale where, like I said, they, they, we use a, um, a scale of what they call MERV, and it's a minimum efficiency rating value. And what it looks at are number of particulate sizes, and based on a one-pass measurement in averages, of that those measurements, it comes up with a value. And so that value is, is measured in, in the MERV and it gives you an idea of where it falls on a percent based on particulate size as opposed to weight. So that's a big change uh, that is very, very helpful in not only the industry, 
but also for a homeowner to understand simply, wow, that's that's an 11. And if the number's bigger, like a 13, that's even better than a, a 13. A MERV 8, well, you know, that would be fine. Now, as far as uh, UV technology, UV ultraviolet uh, germicidal technology has been around since the early 1900s. In fact, in the 1950s. <laughs> I'm thinking way back. Yeah. 1950s. Uh, <laughs> we are rewinding the clock. Right, exactly. But, you know, we, we found that it was then in the 1950s that UV air purification really help assist in combating tuberculosis. And that's really was the big focus then. And it, over the number of decades that we are today, we found that UV ultraviolet germicidal um, energy does much, much more attacking many different strains of bacteria as well as different viruses. Um, now, as I talk about the ProCell technology, it, it really, back in 2000, the year 2000, back with uh, a chemist named Robin Scott out of Corona, California. And he created a product that we sell again today uh, where it's air filtration, UVC germicidal lamps, and then the ProCell technology, all in one box, if you will, all in one unit that can be applied to the central fan of the heating cooling system and really have a complete efficient uh, application. But it was in uh, 2005 that I met with Robin Scott and said, look, we can do a more affordable product that can help more people in the marketplace by putting a simple induct and utilizing their existing high-efficiency air cleaner they have today um, and putting it over the A-coil, uh, which is the AC coil, the air conditioning coil that, that creates cooling in a home, where we can irradiate that coil, eliminating biofilms. And a biofilm are uh, things such as uh, fungi and bacteria and mold uh, that can collect on a, an a -coil, you know, AC air conditioning coil. And someone might ask, well, why would it do, do that on an air conditioning coil? Well, here's the thing. An air conditioning coil, it condenses, it has moisture in there, and it's dark. Well, that sounds like a mushroom farm. Basically, that's what a mushroom farm kind of is. It's a dark place <laughs> that's cool and moist. And as I mentioned, the irradiation of the UV energy eliminates fungi and mold. And that's what a mushroom is. It's a big piece of fungi, but uh, a safe fungi, mind you, but a fungi nonetheless. So the technology has always been there. We've always moved uh, it forward, but the ProCell technology is really the game changer. We were able to bring this technology residentially to people's homes. And not only do we increase the germicidal bacterial and virus break down by adding that component to the UV energy, but we also are able to take the toxic chemicals that are in the air due to off-gassing from formaldehydes and carpets and chemicals and building materials and cabinetry and varnishes, as well as cleaning products that are in our home that are we use every day. 
So that coming forward uh, is how we evolved as well. One of the big things that I have not talked about that we add uh, in particularly to one of our products that we call the Duo is air fresh activated carbon. So if you, now you imagine this product where you have high intensity, powerful, potent germ neutralizer, UVC energy, and our ProCell technology, and it's all these AMs, right? And the air fresh activated carbon. What's the purpose of that? Well, it too grabs those uh, organic compounds, those chemicals in the air, and it holds on to them, if you will. And as it holds on to them, the catalyst, it has more time exposure for the catalyst to break those down to simple molecules that are safe, reintroducing it back into the air. So the evolution, UVC energy, the ProCell technology, and then within the last few years, the addition of the AirFresh activated carbon. All right, Tim, we're running up on our time for today's episode, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap by being a little future-focused with this and um, leaving our audience with some field controls-focused thoughts. So where is field controls taking this technology that makes your solution uh, unique, both to handle this pandemic, but also just for future integration of uh, ultraviolet technology and pro-cell technology to support air filtration and purity. Uh, so yeah, just g give us you know some context on the unique solutions Field Controls offers, um, but, but make sure to add that context of, uh, I guess, you know, why it's supporting the industry in a unique way, and if there is any uh, technological ground that you'd say Field Controls is charting, or at least use case ground that you're charting, uh, what would the effect of that be? Well, for, first, I look I look at the field controls portfolio of products. Uh, our portfolio of products um, range uh, to fulfill and be able to be a solution or have a menu of solutions for the different applications that exist residentially and to a lesser extent, uh, yes, commercially as well. So that that that's very important. Um, number two. The potency, the intensity of, of our UVC germicidal lamps. Our lamps at Field Controls are found to be residentially the most potent, high output intense UVC germicidal lamps you can find. And why is that important? It's important because we want to capture the contamination that's in your air from a germicidal standpoint, viral, bacterial, and so on. And then I just see us positioned with our catalytic product. Our catalytic product, our ProCell technology is phenomenal. Now, are there others that attempt to do this process? They do. They just don't do it as effective as we are. And our lab tests and comparisons prove that to be true. One thing that we do not do, which many other companies are out there, um, and apply is we do not create ozone. Ozone's bad. If you look at the EPA and what the EPA says about ozone, if you look at ASHRAE that I mentioned earlier, uh, ozone's bad. It's a carcinogen. It really doesn't clean anything. And if it did, 
it would actually cause health issues in of itself, scarring the lung tissue and so forth. So what many companies do is they use very, very low output UVC lights. They disguise the fact that their ozone uh, through different buzzwords, such as broad spectrum technology or safe oxidizers or super plasmas, and there are others. And the EPA specifically talks to these uh, kind of issues. Uh, it's something that we stay away from them. Our company stays away from them. And it's very, very important that um, most people understand that some of these other products out there can be dangerous long-term in their home. Technology, there's constants. You know, the laws of physics are constant. Don't change. They don't right, change. Right. What changes are applications. And right. then whoever takes advantage of being able to take the technology that are constant, the laws of physics, and, and, and package it for the new application, they're the ones who are the winners or on the cutting edge. So in reality, a lot of these technologies, I, I chuckle because I, I'm an old goat now and uh, I've experienced a lot. And simply is the advantage that we have is that we constantly are looking to make improvements. We're constantly looking to change in how we can apply our technologies to different applications that are coming in the future. For example, in the future, we're seeing more and more uh, homes that are putting in something that are called mini splits. What mini splits are are small little packaged wall-mounted air conditioners typically started out in the industry for spot cooling. And it's all electric energy. It's no, it uses no fossil fuels. It's all electric. And they use the heat pump version in order to heat a home. But what they do is they're able to put these room units throughout a home, it becoming more efficient use of energy. And so now our challenge for the future is to take our technologies and how are we going to apply it to the design in the home of the future? That's, you know, the remarkable opportunity that we see ahead of us and where the industry might be going or is going, in fact, we might see a lot more of this in the next 10 years. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of AirIQ, a field controls podcast. If you want more information on some of the technology that we broke down today, make sure you go to fieldcontrols.com. You can check out all of our products there, as well as more content we've produced around the industry and around our products. So make sure you're listening to our podcast on our website, or you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Regardless, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast and leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.